to The Game Agenda, a podcast where four gay guys bring board gaming out of the closet and onto the table. I'm Ben. Matt here. And I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. Great. Welcome, guys. Uh, on The agenda for today is a review of the much-hyped re-release of the 2010 game Chwa, spelled T-R-O-Y-E-S, not T-R-O-I-S, like not the French as, word for three. Not quite as fun as a menage a trois. Not as fun as a menage a trois, unless you wanted to get it on with the medieval city of Chwa, which is a real city in France. But enough of that. First, let's talk about uh, what's what everyone's been playing since we last gathered. What, what has everyone been up to? Uh, Matt, Larry, I think all three of you guys we have all game, been right? up to a fourth edition Twilight Imperiumness. Wow, bum, bum, bum. but not the same one. No, <laughs> not the same. Wait, you guys all didn't play together? No, no. Um, How awkward. Kevin and I played a game together, but Matt, um, because he's an elitist, has his own separate group that regularly plays Twilight Imperium. Or Do you really like have that. a regular Twilight Imperium group? Uh, we've played twice in the last two months, which I feel like for Twilight Imperium, that's, that is, that's, that's regular. basically a regular group. Wow. Um, but we actually do a 12-person game. So we play where yes. each, each race is played by two people. So it's 12 people all around one giant table. Uh, I think it's super awesome because... Twilight Imperium is a game that demands a lot of your attention and a lot of your time. So it's really nice to be able to have, like time to just let my partner handle things and I go right. off and get a snack or go to the bathroom. Yeah. But more importantly, um, while your partner is at the table, you can go make a trade deal with one of the other people from mm. the other teams and plot against the people, you know, plot against the Jolnar or whatever it is. Uh, and no, I, I, I don't know what that means, the Jolnar. How long? I'll assume it's a race. That's a whole no. They're a, a very intelligent group. Oh, the University ap- of Jolnar. I, I, mean, I apologize for the technology their intelligence. So naturally they're my favorite. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> When you have double the people, is it double the length of time? Or is it just double the pleasure? Double the um, Well, the our game was... Or triple. Your game was actually... Huh? Your game was a lot oh, faster than ours. Oh. We, we started ours at 10 in the morning, and it went till 11 at night, so... so you said yeah, it was that's triple. because in our uh, game, someone uh, dominated. The virus just... just the necrovirus. havoc through the whole... As planet. Larry is alluding, he did quite well, um, but the game, as is always the case of any games, is balanced as much as players are willing to get aggressive about it. Who did I, you play, Kevin? I played the very peaceful trading group of like mm. what Hakan? Hakan? That's who Hakan. I was. Hakan. Until they quickly Hakan. they quickly Hakan cut the virus up out of their ah. trade deals. Oh really? Very, well, because <laughs> the virus was very aggressive. I have such Twilight Imperium FOMO right now. I've never even played this game, so everything you guys are saying sounds like gibberish to me. But it sounds like sort of gibberish. <laughs> That I want to dive into because you're like, well, it's the Ka, they have a university, but they're not traitors like the blah blah. That's the fun thing about this game is there's a ton of playable races. Because I think in the new version, 16, yeah, 16 or 17. They they brought in all the expansion races and put it into the base box, right? And they also rebalanced it. I've played third edition several times, and I like I liked third edition. It was a good game. I love fourth edition. I've never heard fourth edition's amazing. I never played the earlier versions. This was my first time. They it, it was for everybody's talk about how kind of overbearing and complex and whatever it really wasn't in my opinion it's I think just it's like wrong I'm, I don't even think it was that long and again it could have just been our game how long was your game was what like seven hours or something not even maybe less six than that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. oh my yeah. god we didn't start I've until never like played a game two. of Twilight that was less than 12 we hours we ended around around six or seven so it was a quicker game than normal um, yeah. and I do think it has to do with the players like everybody was fairly new playing it so there were some people who were maybe a little tentative to make certain decisions Decisions and yeah. so what happens is uh, a stronger personality 
can take over. <laughs> oh, that was, that's you got everyone at home missed a shady glance. There was a shady here. glance from Kevin at Tulare. No one took over. The person to my right just decided to have an alliance with me that I did nothing to For foster. For no reason. Uh, no, no reason. Which, which oh my god, I have which, to tell you about my game because it was so annoying. I just have a question. Which alien race is the one whose special power is Shady Glances? Because Kevin clearly has the uh, It should have one. been the Hakan, <laughs> but it, instead it was the group that was helping out, I believe, the virus. They yeah. were pretty shady. They were pre- so, so... The kind of cool thing, kind of from a narrative perspective from our games, is that the the Necron virus were playing against like their creator on the other side of the oh, board, which is really fun. Yeah, uh, it's usually a virus for, system to work anyway. Yeah, and mm-hmm. for some reason, the people to my right just decided they randomly wanted to start kind of like going after that guy. So I wasn't going to stop it. And then everybody else made alliances except for the two of us. So we're like, okay, well, I guess we'll. Like, but that's part of the game, right? Um, I mean, part of that's the game. like it's one like more any... shady glance going across the table towards Larry, because <laughs> while a maybe a, an official uh, alliance was never formed, they were quite allied for for a large part of the game before any other alliance. Well, did was anyone say anything? This, was anyone like, look out? Yes. The thing, what I find interesting is you guys have this like idea of like these alliances. Whenever I've played so far. What I really like about Twilight Fourth Edition is my alliances are shifting like round to round. Yeah, like well, I might swapped, be friends with somebody, and everybody then swapped the heir to the throne card, so they never oh wanted to God, lose. What? Yeah. So, oh, I never gave out my. Yeah, I never so gave like, out my sense heir to me. So two guys were the two guys were dating. You know, uh, they were. Oh so my God! They, they gave like, each other their support. For oh, the yes. Oh, that's, oh my God! So, uh, and so then, and so then, when I attacked the trade guild, they were like, "Screw you!" And then they allied with my. Oh no! My my progenitor. though. So what I really like about 4th edition is the way the promissory notes work, which is how you can give somebody your support for the throne, which gives them a victory point, is that you can trade any of the cards you have, whether they're yours or not. Mm. So I didn't realize that. Yes. So, mm-hmm. for instance, yeah. like uh, we could make a deal where we trade ceasefires so we can't attack each other, and then you could take my ceasefire card and give it to Kevin, and then I go attack Kevin, and he plays my ceasefire card and stops my attack. This so, is truly the nerdiest first used, five minutes of any podcast yeah. in history. <laughs> in our game, no one used ceasefire. <laughs> no one. Oh, no one ceasefires yeah. are great. I, I really, want to play this game very badly. There really wasn't like a lot it, of politics yeah. and negotiation. I mean, it was there very quick for you. No, it was oh, very quickly. That's what I mean. It there was very quickly. The alliances kind of broke down, and then Whoa. truly, it was just about kind of maneuvering oh, on the map. Man, that see, sucks. the thing I like about Twilight yeah. is that the alliances shift, and then my games. It was supposed to be more that, and we didn't have. I think the Everybody twelve players is better for that because you have more time to. Well, you like, know, I don't. I wouldn't want to share. I want. I want it all. I want all. I want all the decisions in my brain. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to. I don't. I, I don't want. It's not so much that I don't trust someone else. I want to have the joy of doing oh, all God. of it myself. For me, it's you just, don't trust no one. It's so nice I, to have somebody to talk people. to about the ideas and like planning. You things need out. someone to talk to because you talk to just the the table whenever you play a game. So so. That's just you. <laughs> so whether it's like your partner or the table as a whole, you just talk you, like constantly when you play. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Larry. No, no idea. I have to say, I have to say real quickly. You know, obviously at the table, I'm known as the guy who likes the games that are about like trains and boats and cars and things like that. But I have found that I actually really enjoy these big space opera games mm-hmm. um, with tech trees. With tech trees, because you play, I really, what is it I really liked. Well, I was going to get to that. That I really liked Eclipse. Matt, you introduced me to Eclipse. Oh, I love that game, which I really enjoyed. Uh, and then I sort of like I went on a gamble and I I got Forbidden Stars because it's going out of print. And I absolutely love Forbidden Stars. And um, I, I like I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I think it's just phenomenal. And a lot of people were saying that Forbidden Stars was like the Twilight Imperium killer, but that was before Twilight Imperium 4. Ooh. So I'm really intrigued to see now Twilight Imperium So 4. I've not played Forbidden Stars, but I have played we it. Did. We played, the three of us played it right here. I thought, I played, I thought we played Eclipse. <laughs> We played Eclipse. Also. I haven't played Forbidden Stars. I like I like Twilight Imperium better than Eclipse, and I don't remember than Forbidden Stars. I like Ooh. Forbidden Stars. We no, actually had a very fast playthrough of Forbidden Stars. Did I win? Surprised. I wanted I to play. I, I want to play Forbidden Stars because Ben talks it up like nonstop. I don't it's so fun. It's not just me who talks remind, it up. It's, remind it's me of this world. game. Oh my god! Now I'm having like total like freak out that I can't remember having. Played. So it's Forbidden Stars is what um, race was I? I, I I don't even remember. Uh, Forbidden stars, stars. You're not allowed to touch them. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's totally <laughs> forbidden. It's basically the yes. story of Hollywood. It's like you go to a club. It's like no. Um. Uh. Basically, it's it's like a space opera sort it's of 40K, game, isn't it? It's yeah, a, but it's okay, basically so what like those. Well, so here's... I don't know. I don't know. It was We played it like nine you months ago. You love this game. How do you not know who the races because are? Because I don't track every single race you play, Larry. I only track what I play. <laughs> yeah, well, what race did you play? I think I played oh. the orcs. I think I played the orcs. No, my actually. God. Orcs? Oh, this I think you were the red race. The red race. Fantasy the game. red. No, orcs. O R. The red race. The red race, which is like the chaos space marines. Oh. So. Is that chaos? Well, were, I'm always chaos, but I mean. Either in way. The game. Either way. The the point of it is the game is like there's a map. Uh, there's different planets and and galaxies or whatever. And you were you were. It's kind of like it's a, kind of like a retheme of the StarCraft game, which I never played. But you pl- you put tokens when the things you we want to do you put tokens down. Gas. What? That's a line from the game. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, trains both sky here. But either way, like you're you're placing tokens in each galaxy, decide what you're going to do, and the order in which the tokens come off. To, it, it's it's a lot to get into here, but it um, it does not have the the explore part of a four X game, but it but it uh, has like the combat and the, a lot of interesting Man, upgrades. This does not jar my memory at all. I think that you're making this up. I don't think I played this. Maybe game. you didn't. Maybe, Maybe you didn't. Just Kevin, do you remember? Memorable. Do you remember playing it? So I will now admit to the fact that. I know I have played games very similar to Twilight Imperium recently. <laughs> I can't remember if it was Eclipse, Forbidden Stars, or we, both, or many. We played both. There's one that was played at Matt's. Matt's we, we were across the... Matt's, the, Matt's, 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 Matt's Eclipse. That's I've one that had the electric twice, like lines that you couldn't which cross. Which has a tech yeah. I'm obsessed electric with. So I like that. the little line cube things. Yeah, and you would well, move them. You'd flip them yeah, up and down. Stars, and move this Wait, that was we Forbidden Stars? Forbidden Stars. <laughs> yes. Eclipse is the one where we have the rings. Like, one the, ring, two yeah. ring, three ring. Eclipse, I will say this. You we, have your board with all the discs on it, and you put the discs out, and you have cubes, and you take the cubes off the thing, and you put them on the planet. So, I think, so listeners, I at this did point... Did you play Eclipse with us? Which, I, thought, I, I thought that was the plant when I was the plant We are truly people. lost oh, in yes, space. Oh, yes, the plant people is Eclipse. We definitely do no board games. We're trying not to throw I've got it all in line here. I've got everything sounds in like line Sounds like Larry's here. the only one who's confused. They all blend together, but speaking of board games... Games. Yes. Speaking of space-themed board games, I've been really, really aw- awesomely lucky to be able to play in a forum-based game of uh, The Expanse with the designer of the game. Oh, that's fun. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been really, really cool. It's been neat. Like, I mean, it's just been a forum game, but it's been kind of cool like having him there and like actually beating him. Can you explain stuff, so. what a forum <laughs> game is? So on Board Game Geek, um, you, they have uh, forums where you could go yeah. and like you Type up messages. I'm making a hand gesture of typing on the keyboard because everybody can see. It's a very yes. broad it was like, gesture. Yeah. yeah, it was a very like. Well, it's like, a pantomime. I have a very broad. He's like in the steno pool at the moment. Exactly. Anyway, so you go online and there's someone who moderates the game who's kind of responsible for for posting up a picture of the board state 
and having a list already of all the cards randomized that are going to come out. And and they kind of just keep updating with what cards are out, and everybody kind of posts what their action is, and you just kind of go around taking, you know, a turn roughly every other day or two. And, you know, the Expanse... Um, it's just a very simple kind of influence on a map game based on yeah. cards that give you action points. So it fits very well to a forum style game. But um, I don't know. It's just been really kind of neat playing with him and like uh, just having that kind of experience with with a game designer. Why does he add like does he add it, like insight as you, does he say oh that's a terrible move because I designed no, it? No. So the, apparently that's the, he's not that's that the irony good is, is that is that he's like really he's like he's like a little like kind of rusty on it and is like oh I don't remember now and like. You know, and he's kind of like adding just some humorous kind of flavor right. and stuff to the game, and um, told her this really interesting story about like the naming of one of the cards. Like when he was he, when he was preparing the material, mm-hmm. I guess the name was like spelled differently in every different source he could find. Like, oh. It had like three different spellings in the book, and it was spelled differently in the scripts and and whatever. So he like had to reach out to the actual author to be like, "What is this person's name? How yeah. is it spelled for the actual game?" Then he was talking to you about like how. Um, when he was he was not allowed to use anything from the books that wasn't already in the show. He could only use the stuff that was in the show. Right, right. And the show hadn't yet, I think, been fully released or had been kind of aired when it had when he was designing it. So it wasn't clear what Can was he only use so, what was aired so far? No. So they had like all the scripts and he was able to kinda of, like go and look, read the scripts, but he had to like have someone supervise him. He couldn't ever look at it because he was getting access to future yeah, releases. Yeah, you know, I guess they were like That's concerned about cool. him taking pictures or stealing right. the scripts. Or stuff. Wow. I don't know. It was all neat. That's so, cool. I've never had that kind of experience. It's kind of, and you know, Jeff's a big uh, game designer too. So well, well that's like what's neat. actually cool about board games is that you like the, the board game designers are really accessible through those forums that on board games. I mean, like you could just do a podcast with like the designer <laughs> of the King's Guild, and you just never know. Like they could, they're just like everywhere. You know, but, but they are. So we'll see if Larry's as excited to play the Kings Guild with Matt <laughs> that's as yeah, he is to play the Expanse. It is true. Like people, like the designers are like very accessible. Like you post a question, they'll respond. It's like you know, they're just like us. We have no lives. You know, one of the one of the people, <laughs> one game designer who's very active on Board Game Geek is Tony Boydell, uh, who designed a game called Snowdonia, which uh, I played recently. Uh, it's out of print, but I think it's coming back in print. And guess what? It's about a train. It's about building train tracks in like Scotland really? or Wales. I thought it was about like Siberian Huskies. That's like, what I thought it was about too. Because it's called Snowdonia, so it seems like it would be. Hey, you're building a train over a mountain. Wait, isn't there yes. one about racing Husk Siberian yes. Huskies? Yes, that's um, Snow Dogs. Oh, Snow Tails. 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 Like that, it was specifically with with uh, Cuba Gooding. Because I pay attention, I pay <laughs> okay. attention, and then actually I pay this, that was not Snow Dogs. That was another movie, but you know. What was that? What was Snow? No, Snow Dogs was Cuba Gooding Jr. Snow Tales is the board game. All right, I need our listeners to come in <laughs> okay, and Snow- correct this dispute because they're I like, don't weren't you talking about it. Twilight Imperium like five seconds ago? How did we get onto Cuba Gooding That's Jr.? That's what fourth edition will do to you. So, but I'm not going to get too much into Snowdonia except that um, I had read a lot about it because Tony Boydell has like a very prolific board game geek blog. Uh, uh, and so I just always had read his stuff and I first learned about Snowdonia from that and then I learned it was supposed to be this like hidden gem that did not get enough credit as it deserved and so finally of course I just bought it and the game was super fun uh, I played it in like a very un like like the sort of condition that would ruin a game um, when it, did you get that game? relatively recently uh, like two have, months ago I might have a promo for you oh okay cool anyway so I ran, but, um, ran a detour thank you no I like that um uh 
the conditions were bad in that like I had learned the rules, but I had learned them like a week prior, so I had to sort of like read the rules beforehand. It was one of those things where I was like, hey guys, give me five minutes to refresh, and then people kept asking me questions, and like I was like, I can't learn the rules, keep asking about setup, you know? <laughs> and then there was this one guy we were playing with who honestly he really just annoyed me. He just annoyed me to no end. He kept on like like he'd move your pieces for you like okay I think I'm gonna do this he'd like, oh, move your piece gosh. for you or he would do this and then if like there was something like a rule that someone didn't know he'd be like mm, I think this is probably what would happen I'm like what are you basing that off of you just don't, you don't even know how the game and you're he drove me nuts <laughs> and he was also like cocky in a way that wasn't fun you know like when you're like cocky but it's fun in a game where you're posturing you know you're posturing and it's like it's silly he was actually like getting cocky and annoying and I was like this guy is driving me nuts, and I'm already having host anxiety about introducing this game that I'm not like totally on top of the rules. And despite all that, it was a super fun game. That's such a big etiquette issue, like touching other people's pieces and like yeah. making their move for them, and speci- specifically if they're close enough to kind of do it themselves. Yeah, and because I, it's, it's like a weird invasion of personal space. I agree, Larry. It's but it's not even just like like oh you can't touch my pieces. It's that he's it's like saying okay we're moving the game along. It's like you you know it's like part of playing the game is like I am participating if I'm just the one declaring my thing and someone else does it for me it sort of takes you out of the game so I was pissed but the game was fun despite that so I will say this one thing Ben that I did observe is yes. in keeping with some of your yes. uh, pension for certain yes. kinds of games it is ugly oh is it this is no, the ugliest oh, ones oh, only because no, of this in my mind ugliest. I was picturing these beautiful well, like, apparently no, I think the re-release is, is going to likes. of course it's ugly no, this is why it is ugly going I will tell you pretty. this it is like you know mixing of it looks like somebody found another game piece you know, that they had pieces of the plastic pieces and threw them in with this like <laughs> it's really more edgy you know oh, euro man. strategy game so you have these grays and these blacks on the board Browns. it's and like very like old england pastel plastic figures yeah. for, in a color like hot, hot pink, pink hot the blue. periwinkle blue yeah. you just got the whole wow. crayola crane it's, it was like the game is ugly enough on its own i think they were sort of going for maybe kind of like this english like 1920s like 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 Welsh, you know, like browns and greens, like hunters sort of, you know, like going out to hunt some pheasants or whatever, that color, color scheme, but it's nope. like, but ugly. What company, what company released it? The publisher of Snedonia is someone, I don't know, I actually don't remember who it was. Um, I don't remember Tony Boydell's company, but it was a super fun game despite, you know, a challenging environment and it was really cool decisions. I really enjoyed it, and I think it's one that, like, it would be fun to, if we all played it. I think you guys will really I think it. it's a good game, yeah. yeah. I would say what I saw, while not pretty, is good. It's pretty, <laughs> unpretty good. It's unpretty good. It's unpretty good. Yes, Ben. Um, King of the unpretty games. Yes, uh, yes. So, you know, while uh, I got very frustrated with uh, the person I played with for constantly moving my pieces around, um, there is a game where your pieces get moved around and taken and touched and uh, it's part of the fun. And that's the game that we're talking about today on, on our main agenda. That's that Chua. was the king of all transitions. <laughs> Thank you. It's Thank kind you. of ironic that you're talking about a game where you're touching other people's pieces that's named Twa, as in menage a trois. Menage a, you're going to just keep using menage a trois as, as often many as, as, as I can. can. Yet Larry is incorrect, Ben. That's correct that Larry's incorrect. <laughs> because, <laughs> Kevin... Because uh, this like- chua, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, is spelled T R O Y E S, so it's not pronounced Troyes. 
Okay, Larry, did you want to say something? No, 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 not at all. He got very excited. I am not going to be juvenile and continue to make comments about this game's name. <laughs> and the name is actually, even though promises it looks like it promises, <laughs> it looks like it's spelled Troyes, but it's actually Chwa. It's almost like the word Chwa, the French word Chwa. Larry wants nope. to make a joke. Nope, Inuendo. not going to do it. Innuendo. Not, not going to do it. Anyway. Innuendo, out, uendo. Oh, oh, snap. That's that's actually a card you can play in Twilight Imperium for the outuendo. <laughs> Good time. It's a race. To that. It's a race. <laughs> that's it's a race. A race you can play. They make they actually make the opposite of a sexual innuendo. They just make very <laughs> non-sexual innuendo. What are you guys talking have you about? Seen some we're of the races in Twilight Imperium. I feel like they might have some kind of outuendos. But instead, we're talking about the outuendo <laughs> of trois. Trois. The exact opposite. Les trois. So uh, this game was designed by Sebastian. Dujardin, Xavier Georges, and Alain Aubin. Uh, and somebody's high school French finally paid off. Yes, as I mentioned uh, before this recording, uh, I was the president of the French club. And so this was really like, it's paid off finally. It took, you know. Complete with beret. Uh, I wish it was a beret. I, 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 I wish... feel like you were wearing a jaunty beret. To okay, the side. fine. I was dressed like Marcel Marceau. Okay, <laughs> I had full mind makeup on. <laughs> Your parents must be so proud. Oh, Matt, do you know who Marcel Marceau is? Um, that's the monkey in Friends. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's a very sad day here I'm, at the I'm, game agenda. I'm I'm pressing an invisible accordion right now. <laughs> Sadness. Uh, he's a famous mime. Uh, anyway, back to this game. <laughs> That's why you never heard of oh. him. <laughs> I'm dropping like that was an out you end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that work? That was an out. That you was an out you end. Yes. yes. Stop trying to make out you into a thing. <laughs> it's too late. It's a thing. <laughs> One day you're in. The next day you're out you endo. Okay. For real, yo. Okay, so uh, Twa is a dice manipulation game which has players lording over the medieval city of Twa, which is a real place in France, in the Champagne Valley, um, and doing when the players are doing various medieval-y things, like fighting marauders, uh, building a cathedral, and generally earning influence within the city walls. Um, The central mechanic of the game comes down to the dice. Uh, not only can players spend influence to manipulate their own dice values, like in most dice manipulation games, uh, but you can also spend some cold, hard cash, or denier uh, in the context of this game, to buy dice off their opponents. Um, when Trois was released in 2010, the game quickly climbed the ranks of BoardGameGeek. Uh, however, as is common in the hobby Trois eventually went out of print and sort of became a little bit of a grail game. It was very, very hard to find. and uh, Went back in the closet. It went back into the closet. It was shamed. Um, but you couldn't find it. And you, you also could not find its expansion, Ladies of Trois. Um, and it, this, this game for did several it, years... Did it go out of real print before or after the expansion was released? It seems weird to me that the game would be so hard to find... And then have an expansion. We don't. We don't have the. Ex- I don't know exactly when the expansion came out. I don't know if it came out concurrently or if it was a little bit after. But the game came out in 2010, and at least by 2014, it was you couldn't find it. I am so disappointed in your research, Ben. I know like, you were not prepared for my question. You I have a paper and spent, everything, and there's no information. I, on I spent it. all my time like <laughs> reliving my French uh, club you days. You know, I think it's really insulting that you would just ignore the ladies of Troyes and only talk about the men of Troyes. 
kind of mime it for us. Maybe. Well, I was like trying to do a transition to the Ladies of Chua, but basically, uh, basically Chua and the Ladies of Chua, which is the expansion, they were really hard to get, especially the Ladies of Chua. That was even you could find some you could find some used copies of Chua on Amazon for like a hundred yeah, something, expensive, two hundred dollars. Yeah, it was like. And and while it was out of print, the buzz on this game just sort of built and built and built, and like most Grail yeah. games, and I was yeah. I was yes. kind of into it. I was going to like yeah. try and shell out the money, and then yeah. luckily, I think Ben, you or Larry, you had I both heard that it. it was coming back into print. Oh yeah, yeah. You had already gotten your copy. But I had heard it was I had back. been I had been scouring online things, and finally, I found a copy of it in Chatsworth, California, of all places. That would be more of an innuendo because that's where the porn industry is. So Chatsworth, California, home of Wait, porn. <laughs> Chatsworth is where the porn is. All the porn stars yes. live in Chatsworth. Yeah, the straight porn stars. I thought it was. That's why you know nothing. Van Nuys. About it. Van Nuys. Van Nuys, is where, Nuys they, yeah. I think they all shoot in Van Nuys. <laughs> they all shoot in Van Nuys. <laughs> <laughs> why did but this they... podcast become like a twelve-year-old's like? Because <laughs> yeah. it's late at night. Uh, they shoot, in, but they all live in Chatsworth. So Chatsworth is where you can find. And they all play Twa. Menage a Twa, Larry. You had your Menage a Twa joke. I, what? No, I would never say such a joke. I don't understand what you're saying. Um, okay. So the point is this. The game is now back. Uh, it has been re-released. So what better... And with Ladies of Twa. So what better reason than to dust it off for... Um, to take it out of the, the game closet and then put it out on our little game table yeah, and talk it about it. It had a really nice resurgence over at Gen Con. I saw, um, oh, yeah? you know, they just had a, piles and piles of them there uh, for sale. You can tell it was back in print. So um, we've actually all played this before. Um, uh, oh, the ghost of the ghost of Chua just knocked something over in another room. <laughs> that's, my, that's my puppy. Yes. The puppy is coming running over here. So let's let's dive into this review. Um, let's first talk about components, design, aesthetics, all that fun stuff. How do we feel about just the way this game looks? Does anyone want to describe? Matt, why don't you describe the way it looks to the people? Um, yes, ugly. No, that's <laughs> in a word. It's not ugly. Quaint. There is that a better word? It's medieval. Um. It's, it's evocative of the medieval. The, the, map, a lot of the map has, a, think it's has a kind of cool aesthetic, and this it sort of looks like one of those old like medieval maps drawn by somebody who doesn't know how to draw well because it's the medieval times. <laughs> okay, I'm now uh, stepping now in. To, thank you, Kevin. I'm stepping in on this one. I have put up with this for too long. <laughs> Le I nonsense. I love it. Me too. I love the look of this. Me too. It reminds me of one of those books you would find in a museum that would be like a kid's book, but like an educational smart, <laughs> yes. you know, fresh kind of yes. kid's book where there's lots of like little things going on. You're having, a, you know, the kind of aerial view of a yes. little medieval town and there might yes. be little people doing around things. It's to me, um, it gets the imagination going. I don't I know that I agree. love it. That's I like not the map. horrible. I think the map looks cute. Uh, I think all of the rest of the graphics are atrocious. I well, want there to be a little the like hidden Waldo in here or something for yeah. you to find because oh, that's what it reminds me. Waldo, there are little, 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 little guards on the turrets. The oh my god, there are. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nice little details. I, I love, love the, the art. art. Love the art. Ben, I'm I, with you on this. It reminds me of the children's books art. Uh, okay, no, let's talk first about Henry the like first design. Picture like that's not like a good drawing of a face. Let's be it's honest. It's fine. Um, I I I don't mind. The character, character art is a little amateurish. 
I, mean, I don't mind. To me, it looks to me like a, like a. It like looks a, like somebody like a children's book. from the Middle Ages. Uh, I don't think it's, medi- I mean, it's it. not medieval art. It's, I don't think it's medieval art, but it reminds me of. A lot of people online think it's very ugly, but I think I'm it's on very board charming. with it. I like from it. beginning to end. I think the map is cute, and I, I, and I, I like the box um, like a lot. I do oh too. I, actually, oh. I, I, I really like the box. No. I'm so I'm, so, I'm pro I'm, box. I'm pro box. No. Pro box. I'm like, anti-box. I look at the box and I'm like, I love I it. I could have drawn that. No, nope. you could not have. <laughs> what? What? It's the it's the background. It's the fleur de lis. I love background. the background. No. Love actually, not a fleur de lis background. And ladies of Poire, I love that cover They're as well. Lovely. I think the art can be cute. I can see people liking the art. The graphic design, on the other hand, yes. is that is not good. Okay, well, that's a whole different story. That is a different story. <laughs> I think that's actually the more important yes. point here. I will say, we were talking about art. I was not necessarily commenting on graphic design. Yeah. The graphic design is atrocious. The font that they use is completely unreadable. Uh, so each of the cards comes up. It has a name. It takes me like five to ten seconds to be able to tell what the name is. It's like I know it's English like, yeah, it's like old English sort of gothic style appropriate for the game, but when you have text on cards that you're reading, you just want it to be readable. To me, it's not I even don't about know the why text. this wasn't fixed with the reprint, because this no. is something that could easily have been fixed is, that this would is the re- change Wait, the this is the reprint? Does this, is your copy the reprint? It doesn't matter. I don't think the reprint has changed. So it wasn't. It wasn't actually a new edition. I think it was just the a ladies. Of, the ladies of Trois is the reprint, and the Trois I, is the. Best. I have the ladies of Trois. We both have the ladies of Trois reprint, and I've heard that they changed some sort of like uh, colors in terms of the backs of the cards, but the font work is all the same. Uh, to me, the font is like a little annoying, and that there were a few times when we read like thief instead of chief, or chief instead of thief. But for me, I think the iconography is. Is really oh, annoying. Man. You totally called me out on that just because I can't. No, I did read. it too. I did it too. <laughs> I did it too. Yeah, the icons are kind of just very ugly looking, and the, you can't tell what a card does. They're not intuitive, and it's also a lot of the cards are com- complicated because the way the cards activate is you place your person on them, and then you use dice and divide the dice pips by a certain number, and that gives you the number of times you get to do the action. But a lot of the actions then are like this action is. For each person you have here, you get a coin. So it's like, okay, let me take my dice, divide it by two, that could seem the number of actions, then multiply it by the number of people that I have in the location, and that's like the number of coins that I get. So it's very mathy when you're doing your actions. Right, which this game made Matt angrier than I think any game I've ever seen him play. This is a... This is a a non-thematic game. Well, well, let's talk about why you got mad because I think it's a really interesting kind of discussion, personally. From my perspective, you got mad because the game presented you with two options that appeared to be equally valid and you could not decide oh, you're which was about, better. So this game is completely mechanics. Let's get into the... Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the mechanics of the game. The mechanics of the game are you have a bunch of dice. Some of them are yours and some of them are other players. But it doesn't really matter because you can spend money to get their dice. And then you're... It does matter. You're basically mathing it out each turn, like how to spend your dice. You're buying points. You're, but you're is not. Actually it's not just... You're, you're so, like, boiling it down to something that it's not. Because it's not just about mathing it out. It, it, I, I might not want you to have a red six because I know you might be using it for something else. So I'm going to pay the two coins to snag it from you to deny sure. you the ability. But, but see, so it may when, not when necessarily... you talk about that, notice how the way you described it 
was not thematic in any way. Absolutely, it was. I am. St- I, I don't want I, you to have a red six am, because you might use it for a different I action. Am, so I snagged it from you. I, oh, no, wait, right? I will just call this out, Matt. In almost any Euro game, you're going to say something like the blue cube if you're describing it. Yeah, I would what it means if, if it's, it's wood so or through iron. the ages. Oh, I, here are my three blue cubes. Here are my two blue cubes. And it's, yes, and, so and through, through and the ages also, does that. Yeah, and I would also argue the reason why he's talking about. Like dice and numbers like that is because you were sitting there for five minutes deciding, should I give? You're trying to math. You were in your, and this is not like anything wrong on your end, but you were really mathing it out, and you were thinking in terms of like numbers, 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 numbers. So finally, we had to break it down. Like, listen, it's better if you take a six from him and this, whatever, because right at that moment, you're trying to figure out numbers. So when we're talking, so when we're talking about like, oh well, you could have taken this cube or that cube or that die or that die, we're talking about it in an unthematic way because. The, 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 the dilemma for you was an unthematic dilemma, if that makes sense. I don't understand why you knock this game as being, quote-unquote, themeless. And there are other games that I feel are just as on par with a level of theme that you don't knock in the same way. So, for instance, in this game, who am I? You are the head of a rich, family. Of a rich I'm a, family. I'm a head of a rich family. What am I doing? You are trying to uh, infiltrate your the, the various sectors of the town to collect influence. It just doesn't. Well, what is influence, right? That's what I. That's what influence, I understand, right? It's, it's kind of your reputation and the amount Very of control repute. that you have. Yeah. What is the common definition of influence? I mean, I th- you're a bright person. Don't, I, I don't think I just to me, like the types of things that the things that give you influence seem pretty arbitrary to me. The things that give you victory There's points seem pretty arbitrary to me. The church, spending coins, the military, to activate different and, things, and, and commerce. That's. I mean, maybe like if you haven't been the president of a French club, you don't understand the importance of influence. <laughs> it just, it's just very arbitrary. The like the, the cards come out, and you have to put a guy on the cards to activate. Them, I mean, which is yeah. fine. Well, but then arbitrary? also, you're spending coins, and you can get points for that, which is I don't really understand why. Actually, wait. So you know, we'll, we'll, we'll back up. I'm spending coins because I have to pay the guy to go out and do the action. But then I have you to get three him. points for it and I get two points for it and Kevin gets no points for it. No, I don't understand what you're talking about there. Because you were first on the card and I was second and Kevin was third. Well, I'm the first one there so I have more time to get influence. That's why... Oh, you're more points. important. But if I used him more, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. No. So, you, so he, he likes me. There's he a likes, lot of things that don't make sense. I was, was, the, I was You're paying first. their salary, yet you paid only one time. Everybody pays the same amount of salary to the same person. Are we all hiring that same person? No. You, you're clearly putting a different person there because you're putting a different worker there. I mean, it... So is my person... I, I mean, so I, I think I'm actually... I mean, I sort of am in, in between both of you guys, which is that I think that there's more theme than you're giving credit for, totally. but I don't think there's... at. It's not overflowing with a thematic... No. Like, it, like in terms of immersion. No, when I, I play the not. game, I never once thought of myself. I never felt, right. not once, did I feel like a feudal lord. Right. But you know what's interesting? Do you feel like a feudal lord well, when you're playing this game? Just because you're dead inside? No, no I'm asking an honest question. Do you feel like a feudal lord? I did, I don't think the feeling I, of feudal, I feudal lord is strong. I would say I would go with yes. I mean, I, I, I think it's there, but, but it's not... I would not say it's overwhelming. For instance, we were looking at certain things how, um, you know, there was a card that we were using, the archer card. When you use it, you can um, take out... You can combat events. Yes. Which makes sense, because with the archer... Yes. I will say that there, there are moments where I feel like, oh, that particular card is thematic. No, I actually thought all the cards, all the were, cards were like that. I will say, I think we belabored the point a little bit. We have bit. belabored. So I'm going to ask us to maybe go into actually, the mechanics that we did I do like. I actually think... 
And no one will say that we're not passionate about our views. I actually would argue that the mechanics, the mechanics are really the the shining part of it. That's like where this shines. However, you could say that the mechanics are one of the things that undercut the theme because there is this math element. And because of this rigorous math element, you do wind up looking at the dice more as numbers rather than... It is. I mean, that's, and that's, that's I think, where your point is really strong there. Yes, I don't disagree with that. I oh think, I, I think, if you want to talk about there having to be a lot of math in the game and that making it kind of difficult and it takes you out of the theme, I totally agree yeah. with that. But simply saying like, oh, because you're using dice that, and I don't understand what the dice are, that it's not thematic. No, I don't agree with that. That's... But I, I, I do say going to Kevin's question about mechanics, I really like the dice manipulation and almost kind of dice-stealing aspects of this game. It's not something that I've seen a lot in other games. I think the... Cool, well, because the, the interaction in this game is really high. you got to pay attention really like. to oh, what yes. everybody's totally paying attention to other players. And I do like that. Like, I, li- I like the mechanics in this game. Yeah. But, yeah, as you were saying, it, to me, it's... And so maybe, maybe my, it was a problem for me saying that it's not a thematic game. It's more that I just don't feel like the thematic... Comes the theme through. and the mechanics don't, like... Yeah. So the more the more that I focus on understanding the mechanics and doing well with the mechanics, the less I feel like I'm a feudal lord. I think that so, makes total sense. And so that's when I say that to me that it's not thematic. It's not that it doesn't have theme. It's just that like the mechanics pull me out of the theme and into like my let me math. figure out my math and like yeah. plan efficiency and like I want to take that from Larry so he can't do his action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and which is fun. You know, and, and I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, yeah. and you get that in a lot of games as well. Well, I mean, I. I yeah. Oh yeah, and guys, there's a lot of games. Guys, there's a lot of games we, that we I don't like out. because I because because I feel because I feel that way about them. Yeah, and by the way, it's and not again, just Twa. We will get. Let's play Hansa Teutonica sometime, and I will oh, I will yeah. complain about that too. Yeah. Uh, so, you just don't like medieval games. I think that's the answer. <laughs> no, but, no, Orleans I think is fine. Well, and, well, it's interesting because I mean, you know, talk about dice manipulation games. You really like Marco Polo, right? Voyages of Marco oh, yeah. Polo. Oh yeah, and that has a lot of. Di- yes. I mean, what if those dice mm-hmm. don't really make? Those dice make actually less sense. I would. I would probably say then. Yeah. No, that's fair. Know? But I think actually I'm really happy that we kind of like got to the crux of, of our feelings about this. Well, but and we alluded said, to the manipulation a little bit, but like just because I don't know if we were clear about it, um, one of the fun things we like for the mechanic is as each individual person rolls dice, that's kind of their dice pool to pull from, but you can pay to take and steal other dice from other people, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes you to bend to your point. You have to really pay attention to this game because you may have something planned and then somebody stealing something from you changes everything you were going to do. Well, it's also, I think, an interesting, like, okay, I have two dice. I know that Ben may want kind of these white dice because of some strategy he has. I know I'm going to need it for something else, but I need to do this other thing which is more important mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a question of, well, where do I prioritize stuff? Yes. Do I think... It's so hard. You know, Choices. Yeah. Choices. And I think my favorite part about the buying the dice mechanic is that the more dice you want to use for your action, the more expensive it is to buy yeah. dice. And I think that really is what makes it different because I've played games before where it's like you're, you're basically buying other players' resources from them, like, um, what is it, Lahav? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and be, and when when it's a flat fee, it doesn't actually feel like you have resources, especially if it's not that difficult. Yeah. But if if it's in this game because it's a scaling fee and it gets more, it gets really prohibitively expensive to buy a lot of dice for a big action. Yeah. Uh, that really then makes it feel like it's my, you know, it's like yeah. I can do that. I could steal your dice, but it's going to cost me. Yeah. And I, think, I like that. I think that's important though to maintain balance for turn order because if I was first mm-hmm. and I can buy all the high numbered dice yeah. relatively cheaply. I would have a huge advantage 
and no one you know later right. would be able to kind of use those dice mm-hmm. which is well, why I think there's that um, what I've read the reason why there's this like phase where we're like we have to counter dice or these events is because that way um, the first player does not have a huge advantage with like if the first player rolls high numbers mm-hmm. and then they're first they could just like do, be crazy yep, yep. And they have to sort of sacrifice their good exactly life. both to your point Ben and, and what Larry was saying I really enjoyed that barbarian dice kind of part to it and what the, what the war cards yeah. were doing because it it did kind of make me feel balanced when I wasn't first. I yeah. didn't have to worry as much. They had a little bit more responsibility mm-hmm. as the first player. Um, but it's also fun when it gets around you and you know it's your time to kind yeah. of figure this out. And that was, I actually argue that that actually felt like the most dramatic part of the game because it felt like, oh no, bad shit's about to happen. There's some <laughs> black coming, dice. Yeah. You gotta fight the black dice. And those are the moments I would actually say that the dice felt the most like little soldiers going to war. You oh, know? yes. That I was, agree with that. Yes. Yeah. The, them coming to attack. That really feels yeah. like, what is it, right? The black dice, those are invaders. They're coming to attack you. You know, your red dice are your soldiers. You're sending them out to go repel yeah. them. That, I, I love. That I think great. that the, ma- you know, I I really, really like the mechanics in this game. And I like them more and more every time I play. But I will say one thing that is hard is with new players, there are two major hurdles. One is the scaling of the price. For People have a really hard time being like, wait. So it costs six coins total for to buy three dice. No, mm-hmm. trust me. Like they just can't. It's hard for them to like rock that well, idea. And then first. I spend six pips to activate a space two times. And There's a yes. lot of math. I that spend team. nine pips to activate a space four times. I mean, it yeah, just, the, it's... the assembling and then dividing and then multiplying. It's especially it because a then a lot of the cards that you get modify your dice or your numbers in other ways. So I've yeah. got the blacksmith that adds plus five pips to my yeah. roll, or the you know I had some other like knight or something who let me turn my white dice into two red dice, and mm-hmm. so you can definitely. But I will it's say a lot to keep track of the number of cards. There's three kind of categories. There are three tiers in each category, and I think there's like five or six cards in each tier, uh, in each colored category. Provides a lot of replayability for the game. Yeah, and it's really fun to see how the cards all interact. I mean, I have been playing this with just the base game. I only got Ladies of Trois very recently. This is actually the first time we, we played it earlier tonight. This is the first time I actually played with the Ladies of Trois expansion. And... There aren't a huge number of cards for each category, you know, military, civilian, and uh, church. There aren't a huge number of cards, but they interact in really funky ways, you know? You don't know which card's going to come out, and it is kind of fun trying to find the through line with all the cards, like which cards work work with what. That's a fun puzzle. I think the uh, Ladies of Trois expansion really adds a a lot to the game to keep it fresh and interesting. I like the additional spaces it adds outside of the board, a whole different kind of way of collecting points. Mm-hmm. I like the additional secret uh, objectives or that, that it adds. I think it's a, it's a good and addition. And the purple die. I like having and a purple, purple die. die. Oh, my God. And by the way, if you're too cheap to get the Laser Trois expansion, just get four dice and just <laughs> just add them in there, please. Well, and most something. importantly, the purple die was one that could not be stolen. Yes. So it's nice it's to always have something you had. Yes. Yes. It can't be stolen, and it's, it's wild. wild. You can use yes. it for anything. I've played it once with and once with, I really think the purple die is like important. Yes. It's super yes. important because base. it's rough it's nice. in the base game when you don't have the colors that you need, and then somebody steals like the only yellow that you had that you really needed for money. Uh, yeah, and now you have no money to buy the other dice from the other people. So 
the yellow or the purple. But it's, the game can helpful. be really unforgiving in that respect yeah. if you mm-hmm. play with people who are really skilled at the game. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And adding the purple dye, I think, helps mitigate against that. And I also agree. the this this uh, this outside activities, which is another thing that's these little it's a little module that gets added onto the board. I actually didn't really use it. I didn't use it at all when we played. But you know what? I love this is sort of a callback to the components. I love the way they attach the board. They sort of, it takes the mm-hmm. this expansion takes what's on the board already, and just what looks like it's just flavorful um, uh, uh, illustration on the board actually becomes functional, which I think is really cool. That's that's I just like when a game does that. Well, it's just impressive to me. I don't know if this was intentional when they initially designed the game, but the fact that they use kind of the parapets as spaces that was really incorporated into the expansion yeah I, I don't know if it was something they had planned or something that they were able to kind of design into the expansion afterwards i give yeah. them total credit and it's that. also i think it's pretty important to, to play with these if you're doing an expansion because having those extra purple dice it does give you a little bit more power like the the church filled up pretty quickly um things just there were things that were happening on the board that might not have happened without those purple dice like with Agreed. actions were, were happening um, another mechanic that I really, really love in this game that you see in other games, but not as much as I would like. I love um, games where there's like a hidden, um, hidden objective, but it applies to the entire table. Mm-hmm. So you have to try to figure out what what everyone's up to. Love that. I like it's how not, it goes. it's not just like you because it gives you focus mm-hmm. on something to work for, but it's fun to be able to look at what everyone else is doing. And it's fun when also someone takes a big swing at, a, at something and just like misses. Well, it was, it was nice in the game that, that we most recently played, Kevin had, had collected a whole bunch of money throughout the game and <laughs> led everybody to kind of believe that that was his objective. And when we were all done, Matt was counting up his money and he was all upset saying, because he, he thought he missed the <laughs> I was highest like, level. damn it, I only have 17 and you need 18 to get the most points. It's just like, well, it doesn't matter because that wasn't my objective. And I was like, <laughs> oh... <laughs> You'll learn. I'm just a hoarder. I can't help it. If I can collect things, I will. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, in, we talked already about the theme, the controversial theme. Um, before we get into our final ratings, I just have a question. Like, was it fun for you guys? Kevin? I love this game. I think it's... And I'm not normally somebody who loves super competitive stealing thing games, you know, like that. But every time I play this game, I enjoy it. I love the mechanics. I think the theme is, is for me, um, very lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I play it, even with contentious back and forth or <laughs> maybe a little bit of a slow go, you know, from some people who are trying to math it out more yeah. than that... Um, it still is an enjoyable game to me, and I still enjoy it. Yeah. It's best played, I think, with people who are a little bit more carefree, maybe, about it than, than being too precious. And it also, by the way, we should also mention that it scales very nicely down to two players. Yes. I've played two players yes. a few times. It works just as well, two, three, four. Yes. Um, Matt, so despite everything, despite the, the theme, were you able to have fun? or Yes. I, 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 I would say I enjoy this game. Uh, any kind of game that gives me sort of that puzzle to solve and you know try to maximize my turns and actions, I'm going to enjoy. Um, I certainly wouldn't play it over almost any other similar game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's many other games that I would prefer over it. Yeah, but it, it wasn't like unfun to play. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and Larry, was it fun for you? Yeah, I, I like this game. I um, I uh, this is one of those games that I've actually played more frequently than a number of other games that I have in my collection. But, ironically, I've not typically played it 
live. I tend mm. to play it online yeah. on uh, Board, it? Game Board, Arena? Board Game Arena. They have a very good version it's of a, it. It's a, it's a very good version of it. It does a lot of the math for you and kind of um, helps take some of that stuff out. Um, and it's nice because you can kind of play it uh, mm. async. Ace, what is it? Ace? Asynchronously. Asynchronously. So yeah. you can kind of take turns, you know, whenever, once every day. I will. I will <laughs> say, uh, yeah, they have a, that, that online version is really good. But I, I will say that the it, what's fun about the in-person version is that you get that reaction when someone takes your dice or you take someone else's dice, oh, which yeah. is yeah. actually so fun. And it's not. It's oddly not cutthroat. To get back to your point, Kevin, it's like. Because you get money for it, it's like you just sort of, yes. you just, you kind of expect it. You sort of you see you got it like very a, quickly a high die. Yeah. You know it's not going to last. You don't. You know. You and just, just rolling dice in person is so much fun. I like yes. that you get to roll a lot of dice. I yes. like games where I can roll yes. like four or five dice all at once. And there's like ah, oh, this die. There's like I feel like there's actually a lot of like reaction that goes on mm-hmm. on, the, on the tabletop in this game. Yes, there's something satisfying to rolling your dice and seeing a bunch of high numbers and and. There's also something satisfying about rolling a bunch of low numbers and then just kind of snagging the high numbers from your opponent's side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I found um, that I've enjoyed this game more and more every single time I've, I've played it. The first time I played it was actually with you two, Larry and Kevin. Yep. And I was so excited. To, I finally found my copy from Chatsworth, stole it from a porn star, and then we <laughs> played it at a Fuddruckers, and I was with that random lady, and... Um, Remember her? Oh my goodness, yes. It was a random lady. This she was, was very one of the nice. first games we all played together, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, um, I was so excited. I remember thinking, like, that was very good. But I wasn't like, oh my God, that was amazing. But you guys both thought it was amazing right yes. away. But um, every time I've played it since then, it's become more and more fun. Where now it's like really creeping. It just keeps creeping up higher and higher. I think the last two times, including this time that I played it, it's just been like like a lot of like laughter. And like it's like puzzly, but laughing and commentary um i think it's i think it's really good yeah yeah I agree. so uh so well, i guess while we go around uh i guess we're going to talk about uh would you add it to your collection if you didn't already have it matt nope nope <laughs> <laughs> next person kevin kevin okay. if you didn't already have it i don't have it yet but i've played it numerous times and I actually love it and would definitely add it to the collection I'm really happy we've decided to make this um, one of the out of the closet editions because I think it is an older game that for me um, people should be playing Yeah, and I want to be one of those people mm-hmm. maybe you will be so there Larry uh, yeah I mean I, I have it it's in my collection it's towards the front of my closet so yeah. it's a game that gets played more frequently not a game that I keep tucked away in the back so uh, yeah I, I enjoy it it's something that I with the right folks don't mind playing yeah and same here and just one last point I have to make is that it's also the sort of game that you sort of feel inspired to go at it again and again and kind of master it don't you feel like there's like layers to peel like unpeel peel away Um, yeah I think it's it would be interesting to see if there's some sort of solo variant for this online because this I don't know if this is is a game that would work with that but I feel there is a solo variant that's on Board Game Geek um but I think that definitely uh, listeners should, at the very least, go to Board Game Arena just see if it's like if yeah. they like the vibe of it. Yes, that'll help like because, take out to everybody's you know yes. point the some math people, a little bit. Yeah, the math so might, might be annoying. It, it might be a little too dry for some people, or yes. the theme could just be really annoying it, to others. It just so. as a point, like not to scare anybody away from math, it is like it's uh, division it's and multiplication like by three. It's like it's usually like you're dividing something like nine by three, but it's just mm-hmm. sort of annoying when there's like a, an eleven and you divide by three and you're thinking yourself, well, I think this, you're just suddenly like. 
when your brain is already working in 10 different directions, somehow like dividing 11 by 3 can seem like the hardest math <laughs> in the world sometimes. Mm. Mm, okay, fine. All right. Well, uh, no judgment. I mean, uh, he was okay. president of the French was, club, not the math club. Uh, truth. That's right. Truth. I did. I was in math Olympiad, though. Well, then there we go. Was I was a math elite, elite. Oh, which well. is higher. Um, well, he, well, if he's at the Olympics, it's higher than the just an athlete. So we've been going for about an hour now. Do you guys want to do a topic? Or you want to table that for another uh, game agenda? What are you guys feeling? <laughs> we had a theme we discussion. We kind of had a theme discussion in the middle of yes, it. Yes, so. we the discussion was going to be theme. Yeah, so it sort of works. Um, I think we kind of addressed some of the things. And I'm best. And guess what? I have a feeling the theme uh, discussions have come up many times in many different ways. So. I think we can really. No, I certainly wouldn't mind talking about it in future games. Well, yeah, I, I'd be curious to hear what you know our listeners think, and you know, I, I think we define theme slightly differently, and yeah. and I think it sounds like it. Yeah, no, for real. And, well, but, yeah, and I, and I don't think there people is, are more forgiving depending on how either the theme speaks to them or mm-hmm. if the mechanic, like you know, to me the mechanics of this are really compelling, mm-hmm. and so the theme. To me, makes sense. I can make it make sense because I I don't want to give up the mechanics. Where somebody else may say, to Matt's right. point, they're competing with each other and they're keeping me from being able to make them fit. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be really individual. I also think there's an, an uh, one of the things I want to talk about in this that the listeners can chime in about on our social media, which mm-hmm. is uh, the game agenda, correct? On yes, Instagram, on, Facebook, on Facebook, Instagram. We're but comments the, on this. Yeah, the a thing that I wanted to discuss, and maybe we can dis- discuss in a future episode, is what is the difference between a good theme and a strong theme? Because sometimes you can have a good theme, but it doesn't come through strongly, and that could be an issue. Oh, we definitely need to talk about that because I can think of an example of two competing games that came out around the same time that both had a similar theme, mm. both a great idea of the theme, right? But only one was successful. Yeah. So sometimes you can have a good theme, or you can have good thematic elements. (laughs) You know, like sometimes, like it's really cool to see the way these cards actually fit the theme. But does it even matter if you don't feel immersed in the theme? How long ago did this immersion? Immersion is the word versus strength. (laughs) Immersion versus strength versus quality. Okay, give me a hint. What's the kind of the general idea or, or topic here? Is it pirates? Scrabble. Oh, you'll have to wait and see. That's all the time oh. I've got for today. Oh, I'm no. so sorry. The agenda, we've reached the end of our agenda. No. We, part of our agenda it was, was not to keep on the agenda. <laughs> Check. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Let me just unfurl my closing paper here. <laughs> so, you guys, that's all that we have for the agenda this week. Continue to listen to the game agenda every week. Uh, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts, you know, so iTunes, Google Play, anywhere else. Just just use your search engines. Mm. And uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Game Agenda for more and to chime in on this thematic discussion. And until next time, adios. Au revoir from toi. Oh, so good. Okay, so tell me now, was it, was it pirates? <laughs>